Hey guys, I'm Chris. And I'm Mike. And welcome back to this week's No Limits and Mitra podcast. What's new this week, Mike? Dude, I'm just waiting to get my golf on with you this weekend at the wedding. I know, anticipation is, I, I can't, I, this week cannot go fast enough. Oh man, I haven't put in my day for Friday. I'm like, I'm going to get down there a little early, play around with our boy, Tommy Smiths. See you guys on Saturday. Like I'm, I'm gonna take advantage of this one. <laughs> it's gonna be a fun one. Yeah, get to see you. Get to see Kurzan. Get to see Tom Cabasos and his kid. I haven't, I haven't seen his, his kids look big now. Yeah, yeah. Got to see him a few months ago, but yeah, always good to see them. That should be fun. Yeah. Well, here we are, episode one hundred and three. We've talked about it for quite some time. I know we have. It was hard putting this list together. It was a tough, tough exercise. I feel like we're going to anger somebody out there in listener land. Who's How would you put that in the bottom five? Or why is that one not at the top? Yeah, I hope, I hope uh, you know, if, I, I wouldn't want either Kyle or Vince to listen to this episode, you know. <laughs> but I, I, I will uh, give a caveat, right? You know, and we'll, I'll say it again before we actually get into the list. These books, we're comparing them to each other. We're not comparing them right. to other works of fiction. So, like, you know, in our book, everything, these books are amazing. You know, like, there's not a bad one of the bunch. We just, we had to actually do the hard work, put in the effort, and rank them within the series, you know? Right. I, I would never want to, like, pit, you know, rank, you know, just example what we're going to be talking about next month, like Scott Harvath versus Vince Flynn books. Like, that's just not, not fun. Like, there's nothing no. to do that. We'll draw comparisons when sure. necessary, or we'll look at key differences that make them, you know, their own very unique universes. And, you know, a comparison could be a very, very interesting exercise that can enlighten who these two authors were and their different craft and different interests in storytelling. But we're never going to say, oh, this book isn't as good as the other one from the other series, because you right. can only measure them against themselves. Right, exactly. Before we get there, got some business, though, and this is exciting business. Scott Harvath podcast bookmarks, the No Limits, Scott Harvath podcast bookmarks are on their way. Did you like that draft I sent to you, that mock-up? That's pretty sick. I like the colors. I, I like, I'm, I'm digging the vibes. Um, yeah, we, we got to find a way to get those out to our patrons, man. Dude, as soon as they come in, I bought the bookmarks. My next purchase is a uh, book of stamps. And we're going to get those things sent out to our patrons even before the Scott Harvath podcast, you know, releases our first episode in April. We want to get some bookmarks in, in your guys' hands. Just in time for uh, Rising Tiger. That's coming soon, right? July? June? Right. Exactly. Yeah, I like how they stagger. They're like, uh, what, um, Jack Carr comes out in April, April-ish. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you got you got Brad in, in the summer and then the Kyle wraps up your summer. So, you know, you can get these nice three three reads over the over the summer. Right. I also, to get ready for today, I went back and listened to some of our old episodes, and it was random. Maybe our, boy, our transfer of power one or something in the very beginning. We mentioned that the Mitrap ambassador application was coming out, and so I was trying to correlate the dates. It seems in years past, the ambassador application came out in May. Okay. Or excuse uh, me, uh, no, they, they teased it, it in May. They dropped it in June, and it was due by July. 
So you're right. Adding to the summer excitement is also the Mitrap Ambassador Program for Oath of Loyalty. Yeah, we got to we got to we got to talk to our our buddy the bus and and get that arc for for Rising Tiger as well. Ooh, we, you are right. We you are right. We got to hit him up for for a copy of that one. We're the press, baby. We we need that press copy. <laughs> we need the press copy. We need the media coverage with the little pamphlet, the little booklet with information about the media tour and when all the interviews are. You've got to get the scoop. All right. Well, it is the end of the month too, so we have to give a book giveaway. Yes. So you wanna you got the wheel ready or is it no wheel? It was just giving them away. Well, here's what I did. I posted any patrons who have not yet won an autographed book from us. So I wanted to make sure anyone who's engaged, speaking up, paying attention, reached out. We have Chris H and Kevin B. We're gonna hook both of you guys up with a Kyle Mills autographed book. Thank you so much for being with us sticking with us. We hope you join us for the Scott Harvath podcast. Much more to come. But you guys each, Chris and Kevin, will get to pick a copy of Order to Kill, Red War, or Total Power. So reach out to us or we'll hit you up on social media. First come, first serve from those three. Order to Kill, Red War, Total Power. See, it pays to listen to the previous episodes, guys. Keep, keep listening. <laughs> that, that it does. That it does. Now, Chris, that's something special for our listeners. But as we get started, I've got a little something special for the two of us. Oh, okay. A little gift. I've been holding on to this, okay? Since we spoke on, gee, it must have been episode six or seven, I had a vision that our last pod, we would hopefully be in the room together, which unfortunately just wasn't in the cards. We still live a little over an hour or so in traffic away from each other. Random Monday night. I don't know if uh, I'd make it out your way. So I'm going to enjoy this one tonight for both of us. And then whether okay. it be this weekend or in the future, we shall enjoy together this sweet, sweet nectar known as oh Booker's my Bourbon. Oh, goodness. Booker's Bourbon. Uh, that, that looks amazing, dude. You should, we should have that on the golf course this, this, uh, this Saturday. How about I bring it with, uh, with me to the golf course, you and I. We'll crack this. When's our tea time? <laughs> Nine in the morning. <laughs> eight eight fifty. Uh, who cares? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't want to enjoy this one without you. You are right. Booker's uncut, unfiltered, small batch bourbon, the tagalong batch from February twenty twenty one. Man, ever since Mitch Rapp was drinking this with Chairman of the Joint Chief General Flood over there in the Pentagon. I just wanted to sip on some with you to finish up this pod. That is awesome, Mike. I, I am touched. I, I wish we could crack it open right now. That that is awesome. Well, I, I'm I, glad that um we uh, Kyle or not Kyle Vince mentioned that it was Booker's and not like he didn't stick with or what he transitioned to was vodka, right? I'd much rather have Booker's with you than 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 a glass of vodka. And now he's got craft beer. We've done that. I know. We've checked. We've that done one that off. plenty of time. Yeah. <laughs> so, so let's go back and do the bourbon. <laughs> It's awesome. Yeah, dude. Uh, maybe this. Maybe we'll have to do a quick little bring out the microphone, do a quick recording on the golf course, having a little bourbon and you know, keep our people updated about how it goes. Definitely. We'll do a little little rap on rap with, with the bourbon and the golf. <laughs> a little uh slur on rap. <laughs> slur our words, I'm sure. <laughs> Going ham, as as uh, Tom Smith would say. What a weekend it will be. But before we get to that weekend, Chris, what are we doing today? 
on the final episode for now of the Mitch Rap Podcast. All right. It is an end of an era, close of a dynasty, as we conclude this season of Mitch Rap Pod. As we mentioned, we will hop, this feed will be active from time to time, just it won't be weekly um, anymore after this episode. But, you know, we got to give our final thoughts on the series. I, I figured we could, you know, maybe talk about a couple of moments that we really enjoyed for the series. I know you have a little little tribute to Vince in the form of your favorite way to tribute somebody, a limerick. Of course. I just wanted to comment on, on you know, what Vince and what Kyle mean to me. And then, you know, we've been hyping it up, I don't know, probably since day one. We got to give the final ratings. We, we got to rank these books, you know. So that's, yeah, that's what we're going to be doing. I'm, I'm excited to do this with you. It's kind of bittersweet because uh, we're coming up on our, I don't know, it was probably, we were probably just now, you know, we just came up with the two-year anniversary of the pandemic. So maybe two years ago, a couple of weeks from now, uh, we were beginning to talk about maybe doing this. I know we sat down and recorded at the end of April for the first time. Right. So right. yeah, this is uh, two years in the making, man. Yeah, this was about now when we were having those Zoom calls saying, you know, let's record some of this, talking about these books, talking about Mitch Rapp, and by April it got done. So I guess our two-year anniversary as a podcast will be as we're starting the Scott Harvath stuff in a few weeks from now. Yeah. Exactly. Being such a big moment, I like to mark special moments and occasions with a little creativity in the form of a double limerick. It's been a while since I've done a double, so I went back to a double this time. There once was a Mitch Rap podcast. Alongside my friend Chris, what a blast. Characters we hold so dear, it's hard to not shed a tear. Alas, our time with Vince and Kyle has passed. Four more stories and adventures we yearn. And so, to Scott Harvath we turn. No reason to fray. Thriller Pod here to stay. About Norsemen, we have much to learn. Boom, baby. I like that. I, I see what you did there. You transitioned keenly right into season two. Dude, I'm keeping it moving. I, I don't want the people to think, you know, we're taking a break. We're, we're you know, getting lazy. No, we're, we're going right into it in a few weeks from now. We're moving along. We are recording three podcasts this week. We are here for you. Churning yes. out content, man. You know what? My ending to that limerick makes me want to ask a question, and we'll have to start Lions of Lucerne with this, but Norseman's a pretty, pretty badass call sign. Are you digging Norseman, or are you digging Iron Man? Wow, that's that's really tough. That's That's tough. really tough. They both fit. I feel like they both fit the person in different ways. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. You know, just and like... Each respectively, when you say the Norseman and you say the Iron Man, like in in the series, like most of the characters know exactly who you're talking about. Right. They just carry so much weight. I like Norseman probably a little bit better, mainly because of the reason that Scott got it. <laughs> you know, like Mitch got it his name Iron Man because he ran Iron Man. He did Iron you know, Man. Like, yeah, exactly. he did Iron Man. He's a, he's a badass, and he he you know was a was he a professional triathlete at some yeah, point, right? But then he had so. to stop because he. Yeah was a CIA operative. But um yeah, like Scott Don't give Scott away Norseman. Uh, all right. We'll I have won't. to bring that up next week. But people that people that know know it's a good story. <laughs> and it's way cooler than just running Iron Man, so I'll say that. 
<laughs> it's a story Stan Hurley would be proud of. We'll put it that way. Like that would be funny if like Scott was called Norseman for the same reason, you know. Oh, it would totally work. Like Scott Coleman, I mean, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Two T's. Scott two T's. It would totally work Scott, for him too. Scott with two T's. We'll, we'll call him two T's versus versus one T. Especially with the blonde hair, that name could absolutely work <laughs> for Steph's favorite. You mentioned it. I want to do a little tribute to Vince. We we've both spoken so much about what he means to us and this whole project. Man, I can't. I bet we have over a hundred episodes. Each one's roughly an hour long. That means we have at least a hundred hours of content recorded and dedicated to this man and his craft. What a, an incredible artist, an, an author, an artist, a writer, a storyteller. And so everything we've done in this podcast is a tribute to him. But if you dig into the website vinceflynn.com, you get to know him a little bit better. There's a Q&A session where he answered a bunch of readers' questions, 2009 to 2013. There's a video archive. You could see a whole lot of video clips, interviews, news reports that that he was involved in. But when I scrolled down, I thought to, to get to know Vince and who he was a little better, he wrote up for the website a little section on favorite and current TV shows at the time, music, and books that he was into. So I thought to honor the man a little more personally, let's see what we think about his interests. And uh, I got to say, a lot of these are definitely things I can get behind. Batman. Did you see he mentioned watching uh, the new Batman? Must have been Batman Begins, 2000, maybe? 2009. Yeah, that came no. out in 2000. No, Dark Knight Dark came Knight. out in 2008. Maybe Rises. Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, I don't know. Or, or is it just like he's just into Batman in general? I mean, that's that's a hot take right now because we have the new Batman out, which I have not seen, but people are, either people love it or hate it. Yeah. Or let's get meta. Maybe he was going back and watching Michael Keaton. Maybe this was written around American Assassin time. That's funny because that's all the, uh, all the people have been talking now is like, you're either, you're in the one camp, you're either yeah, Christian Bale Batman or you're Michael Keaton Batman. I'm a Michael Keaton Batman all the way, man. Old school. Probably because school. Th- those are the first ones I saw, you know, but I love the Batman. He talks a lot about Breaking Bad. Ooh, awesome series. I know you love that one, yeah. Love that series. So just as an aside on the Batman, and it relates to Vince. Someone said on a podcast I was listening to that Superman is a boy's hero. Batman is a man's hero. Ooh. So there you go. Ooh. Vince Flynn. All, all about that, the man's hero. I believe that man because he, he's just a regular guy, man. He's just a regular guy. I believe that doesn't kill people, fights for vengeance. Now let's be honest. To be a real true man, you gotta appreciate art and history when it's done well. And Vince drops here that he's a huge Downton Abbey fan, and my dude, oh. I am on board. Oh yeah, I'm on the Downton Abbey train, big time. I love that series. Fantastic. It's, people claim it's like, you know, women, like like it's just for women. It, it's not. It's not for everybody. At all. It's, an, it's an amazing series. It's for families. It's for anybody. Yeah, And like, isn't the guy, the guy that worked on that also that went on to make, make the crown, right? It was, oh, the right. writer was Julian. Yeah. Oh, okay, maybe name? not, but. Oh, yeah, I, I know who you're talking about. The, the British guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the British guy. I think he's a Catholic, too. Uh, it's a great series. 
Yeah, great series. They're going to make the new movie. I think it was supposed to come out this month, and then they delayed it. So you want to honor Vince? You want to celebrate what he was into? Check out the Downton Abbey movie when it drops. Coming soon. That's awesome. (laughs) I love that he likes Downton Abbey. Game of Thrones. Talked a little bit about Game of Thrones. Found it very compelling. Yeah, so the series started in 2011. So I guess this is these are not in chronological order. They're just there. Maybe it's a compilation of a bunch of responses he had given oh, okay. to fans gotcha. through the, the Q&A emails on the website. Yeah, it seems they just compiled it. Because here's an earlier one. He said he's really looking forward to seeing Django Unchained in the theater. And man, <laughs> that, that was a movie. Holy smokes. That's an awesome movie, too. He has good taste. I'm, I'm digging all these all these tastes that Vince has. Yeah, that would have been 2012. Okay. Sammy L. I would like to see him in the Mitrap universe. Oh yeah. yeah. Who would he who would he be? Oh, dude. Maybe he could be the old man in um in Brad Thor. Ooh, that'd be good. Little Car little Carlton. Mm-hmm. That's a very like um What's a, what's his character? He's in Marvel. Um, I was about to say Mace Windu. That is definitely not Marvel. Um, Nick that's Fury, in Star Wars. Nick Fury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like yeah. assembling. You know, coordinating. Reed Carlton kind of like that. Yep, yep, yep. You could recast him. Would Would he make a decent? Uh, not Stan Hurley, but um, Thomas Stansfield. Thomas Stansfield. Yeah, I guess. I guess Stansfield's a little bit older than what. Yeah, I guess Samuel's seventy though. Well, no, that's what I was going to say. I think of him as younger from most of the roles I know him in. And I think of him as younger, but he's old. He's old. <laughs> Captain Marvel, with the way they did all the you know CGI, CGI. made him younger. Yeah, yeah. But no, I, I'm talking technology. about current, current, you know, kind of old man. Almost, he has that grandpa kind of vibe nowadays. Yeah, I, he's in this like one new Apple series where like he's an old dude and he gets access to all of his memories. It looks kind of wild, but he's like old and like lo- looks old. I'm like. No, Sam, you, you need to, you're younger than that. Don't, don't be taking these old roles. You're not not there yet. Maybe when you're 80. Man, happens to all of us, all right? <laughs> I got the grades coming in. Plenty of them. <laughs> so I keep mine short. I like this. I like music. I am jiving with a lot of these. The first two Vince writes about, Mumford and & Sons and Bob Seger. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think Rap was listening to one of the Seegers. In one of the books. Remember when he puts on the Euro trash? Like the, oh, yeah. <laughs> some, uh, that, yep. I, that scene like sticks out of my head for some reason. And then Kyle had him play Bruce, I think twice. Bruce. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, the, the boss. I, yeah, I think lately rap's been listening to a lot of Bruce. Kyle must be a Bruce fan. Vince mentions Eric Church. I'm lost on that one. I think he's a country singer. See that country the, guy. Our listeners are going to know that we we don't. I, I gotta let me look him up. Yeah, I'm thinking that's a country. I don't know that one. Yeah, country singer Eric Church. Don't do country guys. Sorry. Adele, her second album Ooh. is even better than the first. If only he could heard her latest album. Not good or very good. No, it's great. It's, it's great. good. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, it's really good. Wonder if you listen to music while you write. Like, is that is that a thing? I I, I can't listen to anything while I do, while I do stuff. Well, he said here I'm under the deadline, so again, listening to it all, I'm getting into serious writing mode, so I'm all over the board. 
from Kid Rock to Little Feet to Kenny Wayne Shepherd to Kings of Leon, Sam Cooke, and Motown. Dude, he is all over. I think Vince and my dad would get along very well. At this point in the writing process, I just hit random and start typing. So he likes the random shuffle. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Now you know the the secrets from one of the greats. All right, we got books to wrap it up. Last section Vince talks about here are some books. The Alchemist by Paolo Cello. It's a good one, but haven't read it since like fourth grade or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe middle school. It was probably a little older. Yeah, I think I read that in middle school. I spark noted all of those books up until college. It's really bad. <laughs> Here's one maybe we should cover later on on our thriller pod. Mission to Paris by Alan First. And he says, First First is a writer's writer. No one writes period espionage with the same flair. If you haven't read his works yet, you're missing out on one of the greatest writers on the planet. You know, and I have heard that from a few folks. So I'm thinking we got to cover some some first, some old school, some classics. All right, let's do it. Brad Taylor gets a shout-out. All Necessary Force. I can get down on some Brad Taylor. I've read not all of them, but maybe four or five of his. I haven't read any Brad Taylor yet. Let's see. What else is here? Stieg Larsson. You ever get into those? The girl who oh, kicked yeah. the hornet's nest. The girl with the something tattoo. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, yes. That's I read uh so I read his the the trilogy he wrote and then when he died also before he got to finish he, he planned on like ten books. It's funny you said that because Caroline's she's powering through all of them right now. She doesn't oh, really? the sixth one or fifth one, yeah. Okay. They're pretty good. The the Fincher movie was really good. I know you've talked about that before. I and uh, if you if you guys can do subtitles, the actual the they did a Swedish movie. The, they did all all three of the Swedish movies. So they're really good. Numi Numi Replace is the uh, the main character. Gotcha. Here's an interesting tidbit for some authors out there. Vince says he's reading Starship Troopers by Robert Heinlein and Dune by Frank Herbert. When I'm under the deadline, I stay away from authors who are in my genre and typically use that time to read science fiction or fantasy. I'm shocked by how many people are surprised to hear that I like science fiction, but do yourself a favor and pick up Dune. Hmm. I'm in the middle of reading Dune right now. It's so good. Look at this. Science fiction is so prescient in the portrayal of human nature and geopolitics, you'll find yourself gasping and nodding along with two seminal stories. I agree. There's so many genres that people think is escapism, but they're real deep down talking about lessons for our world that we need right now and they're not simply about fantasy and escape and have no connection like no they're real real meaningful and i think dune definitely fits the bill it's funny you said that because i was listening to this podcast and it was this guy who he's the he owns the rights to the batman movies and he like got hired by back in the day by stan lee and was doing a little bit of comic booking uh, and then he like wanted to make these a thing, and so he became the main producer. He's the one who brought like Michael Keaton, you know, to be Batman. But he's also he teaches a class at a university. I forget what university on superheroes. And he was going to be the fir- the first class ever 
taught on superheroes. We wanted to teach it, went to the provost, and the provost was like, "No, you're you're not teaching a class on superheroes." And he's like, "Why? Like, because they're stupid. They're 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 throwaway things. They're they're for you know kids." And he's like, "Can I can I argue with you? And if I make a good argument, you'll you'll make me teach the class." And the provost like just looked at him. And he's like, "All right, can you explain to me the story of Moses?" <laughs> and the guy was like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "Just just humor me. Explain to me the story of Moses." He's like, "All right, well, you know." He's being persecuted. They kill a bunch of baby, you know, like, and he has to lead lead his people like across the river. And he's like, all right, it's the hero's journey, Joseph Campbell. Exp- explain to me the the story of Star Wars. Like, same thing. You kill a bunch of Jedi Jedi Padawans. It, it's like, uh, you know, it's it's the same story. Dude, I mean, they're all the like monomyth. rooted in like the Bible, right? You know, like yeah, exactly. Yeah, Joseph Campbell is the one who posited that theory of the monomyth, I mean, the hero's journey. And that yeah. there's actually the hero's journey in it's like 12, 14 steps or whatever, but like it's the basis of storytelling, you know, like every good story goes back to this monomyth of the hero leaving, you know, the the known, going out into the unknown. Yeah, there's like a whole process and formula to it. It's definitely, definitely taught in academic circles and whatnot. You know? Nowadays, but this was like back, like, you know. True. When when comic books were just nerd, now comic books are like in the culture, you know. Right, it's true, it's true. Yeah, it's, you would you could argue the same thing with thriller thriller stuff like that was always just sort of throwaway, and now you can't. We're getting how many series come to these? Uh, you know, with the Terminalist, Jack Reacher, the Gray Man. Yep. You know, they're they're here. They're they're here to stay. They're they're more than just you know throwaway novels. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, guys, that was a little books, music, TV recommended by Vince Flynn himself. There's some gems here on the VinceFlynn.com site if you dig into their Q&A and video archives. So get into it. Go watch Breaking Bad. Vince loved it. And Downton Abbey. Breaking Bad followed by Downton Abbey. Oh, boy. (laughs) There's a double feature. All right, Mike, I, I thought it would be cool if we could just, we sort of did this a couple, maybe a couple months ago. Do you have any favorite moments like standout moments from the first season that you know you would say are in your top three. Oh man i'm gonna lump together getting a new book the lead up to total power and then getting ready for enemy at the gates was just so much fun talking to the ambassadors you and i chit-chatting seeing what the social media team you know, at VinceFlynn.com had to put out, getting the arcs, all that buzz was just a delight with and this podcast. I don't think I ever would have been so excited or amped for a book release if we weren't doing this podcast. So to me, that was just some of the more memorable times that we've had together. What's up there for you? Yeah, probably would be, one would be meeting authors, you know, just being able to see how you know available these guys are to people are to to talk and discuss uh their stuff and they're just normal people like that's super cool like i would have never thought like i was over the moon when we found out we could you know potentially interview kyle and now we've gotten to talk to him three times you know and hopefully we'll be able to get to talk to brad and we got to talk to jack and even like some other authors that I would have never, you know, you've found because uh, you're the, <laughs> you're our scheduler and, you know, being able to talk to like Fred Burton, you know, right. it's been great. 
probably the other thing sort of related to that is just like connecting with other podcasts. You know, yes. we, we have friends in, in the comm majors and, the, uh, you know, Jason Piccolo, we're going to go be going on his pod in a week, you know, just meeting people in this community, the, the body man. I mean, he's an author as well. Crew reviews guys. Yes, you know, it's just yes, that. Yes. And probably like my, the biggest takeaway is just, I don't know. I've been able to hang out with you once a week, <laughs> like Absolutely. at least once a week uh, for the past two years. It's been it's been probably the best thing that's came out of the pandemic. Oh, I would 100% agree. And that's why we're going to crack open some Booker's Bourbon this weekend to celebrate just that, that friendship right there. Uh, yeah, all great things. Just those people you, you mentioned that we met. Stephen Hendricks and his book reviews with his drink yes. parents. Just yes. so many good people. I... I think we're going to try to reconnect moving forward or down the road, our No Limits book club. I think we got to reconnect with a lot of these names you just dropped and have them back on and, and do some more fun, exciting things with them. Because you're right, building a community, it's got to be the best thing that came out of this project. The people, oh, and our virtual hangouts, dude, our patrons. Yes, I was going to say that our patrons and, and our oh. listeners, just all, all of you guys, like the fact that yeah. we get the amount of people that listen to this podcast once a week. Um, it's crazy. Like what would have never thought. And when I tell people like I do a podcast and like, they like, you do a podcast. I'm like, yeah, people actually want to listen to us. Like for some reason, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't <laughs> they get do, it. And man. we love them. I don't get it. Love but we're glad you're it. here. Yes. Yeah. We, and let's be honest, going back to the beginning, I don't think neither you nor I expected this to be a weekly commitment or a weekly show. We were going to record one book per month. We tried three episodes on a book, and then we went, you know, two episodes per book fit better. But really, that would mean we, we have two episodes a month. You know, we skip a couple of weeks every month, just weren't sure how it was going to take off. The moment, though, you guys all listened in, chatted us on social media we knew you you were interested in it and enjoying it we just wanted to commit to giving you more and then when our first patrons joined us you gave us the energy i mean it, it was instantaneous chris once we saw all these people enjoying the show we committed to it i remember you and i just said like if we're doing this let's do it let's give it to the people and i don't think we've missed a week have we missed a week in these two years Maybe once. I don't. I don't think. I don't know. We 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 we've always like tried to back back record, fill record, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, we give it to you. We wouldn't be here without you. So. Yeah, thanks for being with us. Remember, starting next week, you can subscribe to the Scott Harvath podcast. So just search that up, Apple, Spotify, any podcast player, and we'll have a new feed that you can start listening to. Don't leave this feed. We'll be back for. Oath of Loyalty, and plenty other bonus content every once in a while. So we hope you join us on uh, on both podcast feeds. All right, Mike. It's time. It's time. There's there's one last thing we got to do before we wrap up this season. We got to do it. It's it. It was hard. How how hard was it to do this last this last week? I think the fact that we've spoken about it in drips and drabs helped me out but it was really hard to put it down on paper but i think we we put in the we put in the energy the forethought to 
to put this all together over the, over the years, but definitely over the last few weeks. So it was tough, but um, I kind of had a sense of what would round out my bottom five. I think we clarified that over the last couple of weeks and months. So that yeah, was we've clarified thankfully that. pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, how about we do that? We'll we'll start with the, the bottom five or we'll go 16 to 21. Mm-hmm. What did what did you have at 21? I had to put in the bottom spot Pursuit of Honor. You got and that there. For tw- in 20, right? For 20, yep. 20, you had Executive Power. So our bottom two spots, Executive Power, Pursuit of Honor. Just yeah. darn, even those books had so much good stuff in them. The Lincoln Memorial scene with Maggie Nash. And then Executive Power, the jungle scene with Wicker, Scott, and guys on the ground. There's so much good stuff. But I think for a while we we had sort of we had known that those were going yeah. to be at the bottom. They just kept yeah. on falling down and down and down. But yeah. you know, you got you got something has to make the bottom, so they made the bottom. Yeah, our next clump, you and I also had similar. Our next three spots, I put Kill Shot in nineteen, followed by Red War and Total Power. Again, couple of great promising things in those books. Overall, they weren't doing enough to connect the series. And so if they're not connecting to other parts in the series, and at the same time, they're not killer, killer, killer standalone books, they kind of are bridging the world of, am I a standalone or am I an important part in the storytelling? They kind of wavered on that. Yeah, I had Total Power 19, Killshot 18, Red War 17. And I agree with you that Killshot should be a higher up right and I, i've said this before i think if we got whatever the third book in kill shot like that would elevate it C- kind of like how we're going to get to this in a little bit but like originally when we read uh order to kill like th- that was w- way further down than when i eventually put it but the other books elevated it back this enemy of the state right uh elevated that book right um so you know i, I feel like kill shot maybe has a chance maybe we maybe we get uh the conclusion but just like there's too many too many loose ends and like you said with red war and and total power just felt they felt different so for me that they had to go here at the bottom yep 16 we both clocked in with protect and defend protect and defend yeah i mean if you ask me about that book i cannot say anything more than kennedy was taken like honestly that's all i know yeah the the whole she gets taken and then she goes to that place. I guess are they in Iraq or are they in Iraq or Iran? I think Iraq. No, not a, Iraq. Oh yeah. Oh, the town uh, Basra. I think they're in Basra. Yeah, like that's the only thing that sticks out to me from that when I like recall. So it's just you know, is that where the nuclear facility is hit by that Israeli spy on the inside? I yeah, I think that's early on in the book. I think it opens that way. Yeah, and some of these ones that like the first half doesn't connect to the second half, they they tend to be down towards the bottom of our list. Like executive power is, you know, point in case, just like the you know, two two books in one. It's funny you say that because every book we mentioned so far, I have half of it that would literally be on the uh, the top side of this list. Like it would be in the top right. ten, right. but then the other half of it. Is definitely down. bottom 10 or bottom five. Right. So just I think a big component for both you and I was 
being a complete book, a complete story. Definitely. And, and Definitely. you're not making the top 10 unless you had that. Yep, exactly. Which is why Order to Kill for me is the next spot, 15, not bottom five. It it moved up, but dude, it has some of the best action scenes on the motorbikes going through, uh, it's in Pakistan, is it Islamabad? But man, taking those motorbikes through the streets and then introduction of Grisha, so cool in Order to Kill, so promising, but it fizzled. And because it fizzled towards the ending in the second half, I I gave it the 15 spot. Yeah, Order to Kill is a little bit higher for me. I put it at 13. Uh, just like the attack on Scott. Yeah. For me, it's like it's in the bottom half of this list because of the, the I felt like the ending was a little bit rushed and like. At some points, it was confusing, the whole like chase scene between Rap and Grisha. But for me, 15 term limits, I'm, I'm on that term. You know, it, it didn't it didn't make it's just outside the top five, just like I said last week. But it, it just the Scott stuff. I can't get over it. I, okay. I can't get over it. Hey, I got it out of the bottom five for you. So I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> but w. You, you you reminded me of some key things like the fact that it cements these new characters and. You know, we get a lot of Skip McMahon. We learned a lot about Irene Stansfield, like that. That that's what brought it back up. You know, right? Yeah, I'll give it to you. So, learning about characters, we both gave the fourteen spot to Act of Treason. Though I will say, this one very well could have moved up the ranks a few spots, not much higher, but it could have moved up the ranks because. You get Alexander. Pretty cool to to be inside the Secret Service. And Agent Rivera was was pretty memorable. The dojo scene where she fights rap. I feel like that book was doing some good stuff. And then a chase scene across like rooftops in um in Cyprus. Nicosia right, or a town right. in Cyprus. There were some really cool things. It's just in the end, it's not the most meaningful book to the series. So you meet Alexander, there's a transition. But that's but that's all. I feel like the substance isn't really there for that book. All right, so 13, I had Order to Kill. 13, you had the third option. Again, another one I really little low, wish. Little low. It is. I really wish I could push this one higher too, but hey, that's way better than what I scored it on our first read through, which... <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I shouldn't have done it. I think I gave it a C. I'm giving you gave it a C plus and a five point five, which again, horrible. The, those don't correlate with each other. It doesn't make sense. A five point five would be an F, but C plus third no, option. Go on, that was man. a mistake. It's easily a B or a B plus book. Yeah, I, it had to be in the ten to thirteen, ten to fifteen range. So I gave it the thirteen slot. I I appreciate that book. I do. Okay. Okay. Now so. 11 and 12, 10, 11, 12, we have the same exact books. We, we are like, we, we did these separately, guys. Like we, we did, we I, didn't I, look. I wrote down on my list and I imported it into this, this shared document and you did it as well. Uh, so we have, I have at 10, Enemy of the State, 11, Separation of Power, 12 is Enemy of the Gates. Enemy of the Gates, good book. You're, you're cracking dead Top middle half. of the pack. Top half. Um, yeah. For you, you have Enemy of the State. 10, 
uh, which we both have. Enemy of the Gates, 11, and Separation, 12. Interesting you put Separation below Enemy of the Gates. I think maybe hey, that's Clark, some recency. Man. Maybe some recency bias. It could be some recency bias. Could be. We haven't read Separation in a while. And I think outside of Hank Clark being so awesome, which he is over the course of like three books. Yeah. So he, he's great. But then there was, oh, man, that impersonation scene where rap goes And Donatello. The that's the Donatello book, that's right? Donatello. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. But then again, I, I do like the idea of Nicholas Ward. And I do like the intrigue of the cooks. I'm going to say that's a toss-up. The 11-12 spot could be either one of those, enemy at the gates or separation. But but I think you'll agree, because we both had it in the 10 spot, enemy of the state definitely deserves to be above both of those. Oh, yeah. Just like the, the team up, the being a man out of, you know, man out of place, man out of time uh, aspect of it was really cool. It's almost like tending towards being like one of these one-off books, but it's like a one-off book that worked better than, like let's say, Total Power or, or Red War did, if that makes sense. I don't know. Like it to me that that more connected with the series, even though, like we said, like Order to Kill, to follow that up, like Red War should actually come right. Like we felt like Red War made more sense coming right after Order to Kill. But yeah, and Enemy of the State is such a good book. I, it has to be in the top ten. I think I also put it that high because it, it was a it was a surprise. I remember going into it, I was like, how does Kyle get us there after this nuke goes off in Saudi Arabia? Right. How does Mitch one survive this and how does he wrap things up with Grisha? There's no way he's friends with Grisha in Red War. After two books earlier, basically getting exploded by a nuke in Saudi Arabia and barely escaping. How does he all of a sudden befriend Grisha? I thought enemy of the state sold me on that. And how do you have Donatella come back for a one-off? It sold me on that. And, and Donatella's writing was so perfect, almost just exactly like Vince would have done her sassy, dangerous, uh, perfect. I was going to say, that. I think, Kyle might have wrote Donatella like a little bit better than Vince. Like yeah. I like the character a little bit more after like I liked her a lot in separation, but I liked her a little bit more after Enemy of the State. Yeah. 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 So that's why it had to make top ten. Yeah. All right, we're we're in the top ten. Uh what do you got to the nine spot? I gave it to term limits, which were all very clear why I, I, I put it up there. But you bumped the third option up into the nine spot. Tell me about that. Third option, it's it's gotta be top ten, man. Uh I remember like reading this book and going back on it. Maybe because at the time I was in the middle of reading the original uh, Born Born series by uh, Ludlum, and it just read so much like the first one, like the identity. Like it, I was just vibing with it, and even to this day, like thinking back back on that, I, I liked it a lot. That this idea that you know, one is that, that opening line, like there is this third option, you know, um, mm -hmm. diplomacy, you know, war, and then, and then there's Mitch Rapp, essentially. And just like this, again, a man out of place, He's he thinks his government has turned on him, he doesn't know what to do, and you really see Mitch doing spy stuff in that book, which you you don't see a lot. Like, he is a spy, but he's he's more of like a heavy muscle spy, you know, if if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But uh, you, I just love that book. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. I I should move it up. I honestly, like I said, I think it it had a rightful claim to the eleven twelve spot. I gave it thirteen. I think the one thing I recall not liking about it was we kind of just cycled through hired killers. It was the, the Peter Cameron stuff was was uh, was right. tough. I guess as the professor, he wasn't. You didn't really want to love to hate him. You kind of just thought, oh, he's not very good at what he does. But you didn't, like, hate, hate him. Right. And then, like, Doozer comes in and shoots up the Jansons. And then someone else comes by and just shoots up Doozer. And, like, it was just next next man up just kills the current one up. And then they, it's just like a cycle. And I was, I don't know, a little drawn out for me. But, yeah, I love the, the spycraft. The Mitch is a spy stuff is awesome. All right, these next few, we we sort of have them in a clump. Have to make the top ten. Have to. Yeah, the we're, survivor. We're, we're getting to, the, to like the hard the hard stuff now. Like it's just yeah. it, they're all we have all the right books. It's just what order you have them in. I think at this point, everyone that's left, total argument of why they deserve these top ten spots and why most of them deserve a top five spot. Yeah, you're legit in doing that. But I went with the survivor as number eight. Really love that book. Really, really love it. For Kyle's first book, seamless transition from Vince to Kyle. It was perfect. It was what was needed at the time. Yeah, I have it a little bit higher at six. I, I, I totally agree with you. It, to me, I, I don't and maybe because I read it like not at the time when when the transition happened, but like I, I don't see where the criticism comes from. It it's perfect, you know. Right. I think everyone but, who said they didn't like it was just a, an emotional reaction and having a hard time, right? Like sure with yeah. the, the transition and the loss. Like it's a great book. Yeah. For me, I, I put the American assassin at eight. I might get a little flack for that. Not having American assassin in the top five, but I mean, it's, it's good. It's good. Um, but it's not top five material. I had a hard time with this too. I was tempted to say, Oh, it has to be top five. It's classic. And then I settled on the seventh spot. I settled. It's just a little bit better than the survivor, but I couldn't find a reason to put it any higher in that it was really novel when it came out. And and I remember being blown away by it, the origin story, but not much more than the training stuff and the Hurley stuff withstands the test of time, you know, outside of rap killing the guy on the bench, his first kill. What other badass stuff did he do after training? He he met with the Greta and her family. I like the part where he gets taken, where where he like determines he's gonna like get taken. That's true. And I'm wondering if if maybe you know like the whole opening scene, and then you come back to it from a different perspective, like in the second half, like the, the to kick off the second half of the book. I really like that. I'm wondering if maybe I have it lower because of the way I read it. Like, do people? have more affection for this book if they start out the series with it because I read them in publication order. So I, I, I had already known Mitch pretty well before I, you know, dove into the American assassin. Yeah. It, it, it's good. Like it's, it's very good it's in the top yeah. 10, but it's just, it's not top five material. I mean, it's great. It's great. But to be oh, top yeah. five of Vince Lynn books, it's hard to, it's like you have to be legendary not just great. 
All right, I want to hear your six because my six spot might be a little controversial. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let you uh, give us or your six seven. Uh, yeah, so six I had the survivor, and below that I had extreme measures, which I don't know. We that book is really good. Um, we were, and I, I I'm thinking I maybe want to do a flip flop on that. Put put it at six and put survivor at seven, but I'll stick to my. I don't know why. Like when I was doing it, I I I did that. Extreme Edge is a very good book. Uh, maybe because it's, you know, all the, you know, the fact that Mitch is not in it as much. You know, it's more of a Mike Nash story as opposed to the survivor. Like, but yeah, I I still can't believe what you put at six, though. All right. Well, Extreme Measures is so good. It got the fifth spot for me. And this was a hard decision. This this is where it got hard. It, since I moved Extreme Measures up to the five spot, I don't know if I just wanted to be edgy here or not. I'm, I'm not sure what how this happened. You're being contrarian here. You're being contrarian. I've got Consent to Kill in my wow. sixth spot outside of the wow. top five. Outside the top five. I cannot believe it. That's That's the hottest take of the pod. I, I know most people will have it as one, two, and almost everyone will say it's got to be one, two. It's a stretch if you put it in three. But I was going through these other ones on my list, and they hold a lot of meaning for me. I stand by Consent to Kill's epilogue, and the Anna storyline is so meaningful. And I think the epilogue is Vince's best written scene ever. But as a whole, the book was long, and I tried thinking to myself, what is some of the action in it? And I'll be honest, I couldn't come up with anything besides one, rap killing at that house, the 13 dudes who attack the house, the gangsters. Really cool. Sure. Great. Awesome scene. But outside of that and the very end, putting the incendiary grenade down, you know, the mullah's throat, I couldn't, I couldn't come up with other action. And so when I thought of the Extreme Measures hit at the NCTC, I was like, right. dude, that, that action has to carry the day and give it the edge. It was basically Mike Nash, his introduction, and the NCTC hit versus the Anna and the house explosion and the house in Leesburg where rap kills the 13 dudes. And I had to give the edge to extreme measures. Don't, don't agree with that, but you know, okay. it's, it's your personal ranking. It's your personal ranking. I did it. I did it. That That's it. So you had extreme for five for yeah. five. I had the last man. Great book. Like an, ama- an amazing last book. Great for, book. for Vince. And I think like the last, the way that like, enemy of the state elevates order to kill i feel like the last man elevates the survivor by the survivor. like teeing it up for the logical progression and just the fact that you know for the first half of the book you don't know who the villain is and or you think you know who the villain is and then like when you get that drop that rickman is the bad guy and he's turned on the cia like that's just awesome so I had to put the last man here. Last man has to crack the top five. I 100% agree. And because of what you said, I bumped the last man to the three spot. Wow. Okay. I, All right. I'll, I'll ride with that. 
I kicked it up there. I just on reread, I remember thinking, oh my goodness, this is the last book by Vince Flynn that you and I are going to get to cover on the pod. And I don't know what it was in me, but it just raised that book to another level. Right. Just, yeah, that book was was so good, and there was so much going on in it. And Louis Gould. Louis Gould coming right. back. So that's another thing with Consent to Kill. And forgive me here. I listened to our part one and part two episodes on Consent to Kill again. I, I wanted to make sure. <laughs> I wanted to be fully prepared that all the flack I'm going to get for for putting it out of the top five. I listened to those pods again. And you know what? After the first episode, you and I didn't really talk about much besides they're trying to hire a killer. You had a bell meeting with that like Soviet dude smoking right, cigs right. and drinking, you know, scotch on a porch. And they go, okay, let's go talk to Claudia. And then Claudia is negotiating money. How much money can we get for the hit? Then Louis Gould comes in and then they're talking about that. And I was like, I know I love the book and and that's cool stuff, but not much else happened in like 300 pages, but they're hiring a killer. Oh, but there's the pregnancy I mean, when you stuff, put it like that, awesome. I, I guess I see, but just like the the progression and the culmination of the, of that book just elevates it so much for me. Like, uh, no yeah. surprise, I have it as my number one. Like, yeah, there you go. All right, all right, so basically, when I was listening to our chat about it, that was rambling on, and I'm like, you know what? The first half, not much happens, but there are the pregnancy announcements. Claudia and Louis finding out at you know pretty much at the, the same back -to -back time, chapter, yeah, where Anna yeah, tells yeah. Mitch. So. That was awesome, and I love that piece, and how that concludes in the epilogue is, for me, amazing. I just, with, I, I couldn't find enough meat outside of that storyline to make consent better or higher. Okay. Where the last man, I feel like, had it. And my other one, in the fourth spot, Lethal Agent, I feel, had it. And so I'm not pandering to Kyle. I am legit saying, I think one of your books, Lethal Agent, was better than Consent to Kill. Wow. Get wow. at me, listener land. Come at me. It's fine. I can handle it. I, just, dude, I, that's what I came up with. Well, so I also have Lethal Agent for number four. I, I agree with you. That this is hands down Kyle's best book. The originality of the story, you know. Saeed Halabi. Sa Saeed Halabi. It's well written. The freaking going to Mexico, like all, the, all those scenes. And I, I still have it in my top five even after like freaking Kyle – you know after the pandemic you know which came out well before the pandemic you know it's it, it's hard to, it is kyle's best book i i think I, I it'd be interesting to see what other people think is kyle's best book but that's true me and you at least agree that it's it's the lethal agent mitch in the desert mitch in yemen yeah when those dudes are after him and he shows up in the cafe all haggard right like it's it's awesome stuff yeah and he like he he has to split up with Scott, right? right. And he, he goes he goes on his own. He just shows up. Like he, he's able to like for three days just make it on his own. That's yeah. freaking awesome. To draw the guys off of Scott and Cruz so they can get out. Yeah. Man. Yeah, love that one. It gets the fourth spot for me. Which there's two names left. We know your consent is in number one. Two names left that are definitely gonna slot into my top two slot uh spots. Cause I had last man in third. What did you have in third? So third, I had transfer power, kicks it, kicks this story off. It's it's so good. 
I think like why I I ultimately put consent and Memorial Day above it is because the the ending was probably like its weakest part. Just like the way again, like how it rushed to the ending, but like the whole progression leading up to that is just you know it's like he got ninety eight percent of the way there and then just mm-hmm. like quickly tailored all you know at the end. I wanted more, uh, but I I love transfer of power. I, that's why I I stand by. You should read Transfer of Power first. I agree. Yep. And so that's you have it number two. Transfer of Power is number two for me. Definitely, everything you said. You can get new readers into it. It was the first ever introduction to Mitch Rap, the Farah Harut scene, and his first kill. That guard outside, just classic. So knowing me with nostalgia. Last Man in Third Place, Transfer Power in Second Place, because those books have just personal meaning. The first and the last Mitch Rapp books written by Vince. But also nostalgia for me, and perhaps again, I, I'm showing my bias here. I understand. Memorial Day. First book I ever picked up. I think the pacing, the action is perfect. Actually might be the best I've ever read in a thriller. The way it's paced, it's definitely, in this series, the number one book you cannot put down, start to finish. And the way Transfer of Power ended too quickly and you didn't get enough of that final scene, Memorial Day. Memorial Day doesn't. Oh, it delivers on that final scene. Yes. It delivers on the opening where we actually see Rap in a combat scenario, possibly for the first time ever, embedded with that like SEAL unit or, or I think it's a Delta unit. So it's the first book I ever read. I think it's the best with pacing, the best with action, the best conclusion. I almost struggle to put it lower because there's no Scott. There's no Wicker. There's yeah, very it's little just Mitch. It's just Mitch. There's almost no Irene. But another thing that got me over that hump was it works as a standalone if you want to bring someone into the series. I, you can argue American Assassin versus Transfer of Power. Which one should people start with? But that's assuming somebody wants to do the series. Sure. If you have someone who they're not sure if they're going to read a whole 20-book series, i drop a Memorial Day then. Oh, yeah. I, I agree with that. That's yeah. the book like you can give to anybody. It can stand on its own. You know, If it was filled with Scott and Marcus and Irene and, and crew just to have them, maybe it would have been harder to get a random one-off reader into it because they're missing out on that. So I think it's great as a book you can pass to people to get them into the series. Then once they're committed because they love Mitch, you can start with transfer to meet, you know, president Hayes, Stansfield, Irene and everyone, or you can start with American assassin. You can meet Stan Hurley. So I thought Memorial day gets a pass that it doesn't have all those people because it's really the only book that I would, I would say as a standalone to someone, Hey, read this. Yeah, no, I, I I never really thought about that, but you're totally right. Like it, just thinking back, it it has, it is a Mitch book, and it's the story is great, it's well paced. Whereas, like you, you would never start someone off with consent to kill, like right, right. You you you, you can't do that. Like that, you almost have to read all the books leading up to consent to kill to really appreciate it. Right. But to me, the reason I have so I have World Day is number two, but the reason I had consent to kill number one, I just felt that consent is the his best written book okay and that's what what i went with like i think from start to finish 
yeah, the story may lack at times, but just it, it pulls in like just that 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 scene where where Anna dies is just crushing, you know. And m- maybe maybe that should be dinged because it's you have to weigh on all of this previous knowledge in order to have that be you know an impact. But to me, it, it elevated it in terms of you know the transition we then see rap go into and, and his hardship we see like a new side of him yeah i don't know that's that's why i had consent but memorial day is a very close second it, it's almost like right. 1a 1b for me but and transfer of powers are really close behind really memorial close day. third like yeah. the, the, the those three books are for me you know just stand out it's a a plus a plus plus a plus 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 you know All right, let me make a promise to you and the listeners. You know how we did a rewind of Term Limits? I'm willing to promise that at some point in the somewhat near future, (laughs) we're going to be busy with Scott Harvath, but our next rewind, let's do Consent to Kill. I I think it deserves (laughs) a closer reread from me. It really does. And I think it deserves... A revisiting from from both of us to talk about so hopefully so you can convince me to put it in the top five so i for anybody a little disappointed where i put it in the sixth spot i promise i will do a reread with an open mind and attempt to drop some of my biases but how do you kick out memorial day transfer of power the last man lethal agent extreme measures oh man they could all be top one or two like they all can be it's hard to do. It's a hard exercise. Yeah. It's funny we're arguing over consent to kill, but it's probably not going to be what's a backlash. It's going to be someone who said, you put Pursuit of Honor at 21? That's my favorite book. <laughs> 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 or Don saying like, Red War 18? Come on. Right. Don would put that in the top five for sure. I feel like, yeah, I feel like we talked about it and we did Red War we kind of had high hopes because we were like, oh, the Krupin slash Putin and Grisha stuff. Like, oh, yeah, that some cool stuff happens there. But then when we read it, it was like the bird watching. I don't know if I could buy that. No, the I, I just want a Krupin to be more crazy, like more like right. more like lose his mind. You know? Oh, like um, invade a neighboring country, perhaps. <laughs> well, he crazy. did, but. Oh yeah, he did. Uh, <laughs> and Mitch stopped him. <laughs> Mitch and, and Mitch, Scott. Mitch stopped him. We we need Mitch and Scott right now. You know, they stopped him um, in his tracks. Yeah. Or the person who's like separation of power at the twelve spot. That's got to be number eleven at least. <laughs> exactly. People are not going to be angry about our con- your consent to kill take. They're going to be something something completely random. You know. Oh man. I mean, that was fun. That was a fun exercise. Um, you know, maybe. When we're removed a year from now, go back and look at this list and agree with it, disagree with it. We'd love to hear from you guys. What What are your top five? If you want to give us all twenty one, please. You know, we would love to hear what you what you you know. Uh, most of these are personal picks. Like we have connections to each right. of these stories. We pick certain things from each of these stories. Um, you know, because most of them are very different, right? Uh, and each one has its own unique thing, and we we me and you have we have pretty similar tastes, but we we pick things that we like because you know you had to like you had to pick your I love your take on this the fact that 
Memorial Day can be given to anyone and it, it, it is a standalone and it kicks them off for the series and that's great. You know, other people may love Memorial Day just because of the friggin' badass end, ending scene and right. the nuke, you know, actually goes off in a mountain. <laughs> you know, there are none of these as I look over the list where you and I differed by more than a few spots except for Consent to Kill, which might just show that I'm straight up wrong. That is a possibility. And term limits. And term limits. And term limits, but we've hashed that one out <laughs> plenty plenty of times. Everything yeah, else, much, yeah. Everything else, I think, is within two slots, or at least in the same chunking, in the same grouping. Right. That's interesting. Yeah, I thought there was going to be more differences, but uh, we didn't. Right, right. We kept it kind of similar. All right, well, that's it, guys. That's the last episode for now. Before I uh, you know, give us a send out one more time, I just wanted to say a big, huge thank you to you, to Mike, to our wives for putting <laughs> putting up with us doing this podcast. Um, oh, and yes. Caroline was, I told Caroline, I was like, yeah, tonight's the last episode. She's like, the last episode? Great. So you're <laughs> going to be done with this thing forever? Well. I, no, of, of season one. She's like, season one? There's a season two? <laughs> There's a season two plus. There's a season two, and season then even two, more on top of that. And even more, yes. But I gotta say a big, huge thank you to Vince. You know, I'm I'm not the writer of words, writer of limericks like you are, but um, he he means a lot to me, and I, I didn't realize how much he did. He's brought me and you together. He's brought me and this community together. Anyone in, in his life is probably not gonna hear this, but I, I felt like I needed to say, you know, thank you. You know, he's. I, I wish he was here. Yeah, I, I wish we could still get get his books. Of course, gotta say thank you to Kyle. He's been gracious with his time, with um, allowing us to pick his brain, uh, and and kicking out some some pretty good stories as well. So, thank you to Vince, and a big thank you to David, David yes. Brown, publicist you, David. of the books, and your team at Simon and Schuster. All you've done to include us, to hook us up. To really support this project, James at Best Thriller Books and VinceFlynn.com on social media, giving us the word, helping us get the name out there. Hopefully, we've helped you sell books. That's the goal. Let's bring some readers to Mitch and Irene, anyone we can get on board. That's what we wanted to do here. And But just a huge thank you. To show our thanks, we're going to drink this bottle of Bookers for Vince, for you all, for sticking with us. And Chris, when you close us out, how about instead of our tagline, just let Mitch be Mitch, let's close it out with Vince's tagline, keep the faith. What do you say? All right. Well, we need to thank our patrons, including our special operator, Sherry F., our special agents, Daryl, Kevin, George, Matt, Don, Dennis, Peggy, Catherine, Ray, Bridget, Jeff, and Mark. Please subscribe, rate, and review using your favorite podcasting platform. You can find us at MitchRapPod.com or at ThrillerPod.com or on Twitter and Instagram at MitchRapPod. And as always, keep keep the the faith. faith. All right, hole 10, here we are. We are fully stacked, ready to go. We're in the tunnel to the 10th tee. Just played nine. How you feeling, Chris? Feeling great. Just had my first real par of the day. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You rounded out that nine with a beauty of a par. 
Was was that a chipping or a long putt? It was a long putt. Long long, putt. 20 feet, I would say? Yeah. That was a 20-footer for par. This man's on fire. Going to carry it to the back nine. And uh, it's a windy day. Very windy. You can tell. It's a windy day. Very but windy. Uh, we're going to take a quick pause here before we tee off. Chris, I got a little something for you. A little congratulations on the podcast. This one, Chris, I had picked up and I said, this is for my boy after the 100th episode, end of Mitch Rap Pod, moving on to season two. My good sir. Oh my God. Look at that. There it is. Now open it up. Come on. Little dear Chris. Dear Chris. Best. Who, who is that? That is Vince Flynn himself, the master. You found one that said Chris? Somehow on eBay, I found a Dear Chris, signed by Vince Flynn, and American Assassin. That's awesome. That's it. That's sick. I have a signed copy that says to Chris. Not this Chris, but Not some that Chris. Chris. Thank you to the other Chris. Yeah, thank we you other Chris. appreciate your service. American Assassin. What a way to end our season one. That's awesome. Tune in. Season two, Mitrap Pod. Coming at you. And uh, how about I smoke this drive? Yeah, let's do it. Here we go. Boom, baby. Chris, how are you feeling about that one? I feel pretty good, Mike. Nice, nice. You almost got that 100 marker. Almost. You almost. were there. I've been out of the game for a little bit, so. But it was good. It was a good one. And Martini treated me with an amazing gift. I wish, I, I'm a little bit down to the weather, so I, I, I wasn't like, couldn't give it my 100 self, but I just want to say I am touched with the gift you gave me. A signed copy by Vince Flynn, American Assassin, to Chris. Somehow he managed to get to that. Chris. When I saw that, I was like, I, I am not giving this one this one away to our listeners. I'm giving this to my firm daddy. That's awesome. That is awesome. I'm touched. Oh, I'm going to start crying. Did you say you didn't give me all of you today? You gave me 150%. You I, gave me everything you had in the tank. You emptied the tank for me today, and I appreciate it. I kept you grounded. Yes, you did. I, I try to keep you calm. Uh, it was good. It was good. Now, now we got to go crack open the bookers, man. Dude, we you will get some live action of Booker's church parking lot? No, no, we'll do it at the hotel. Yeah, hotel. Yeah, in we'll the, in between in the good old Irish gap, you know. Right before the reception, exactly. Yeah. We're gonna bust out of that church and we're gonna we're gonna crack it open. So we uh, we got we got eighteen in. We, we did all eighteen, dude. I was expecting to play nine holes today. Me too. Nine holes, and we did eighteen in just under four hours. I was expecting to have to pay for the nine holes, too. Free 99. Free 99. You can't beat it. It's good to have friends that have weddings at golf courses, and those friends don't golf. That's It's perfect. And there's supposed to be a little rain in the forecast, a little cloudy and overcast. No rain. Sunny, and, and the car's reading 75 right now. Beautiful. What a day. All right, that was, uh, that was live with the, with the No Limits. No Limits boys from Richmond, Virginia, baby. That's it. Give me a little swirl there, Chris. What are you thinking? It's amazing. Um, everything I always wanted in a bourbon. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, something that I really think Mitch would drink. Absolutely. Dude, with uh, General Flood. General Flood. There you go. He's the man. He's the man. General fucking Flood. So, cheers to you, Mike. Cheers. Hold up. I'm just putting this on the rocks. Let me see if you can hear this. You know, nope. You might not hear that ice in the plastic cup. 
<laughs> the plastic bathroom cup of the Spring Springfield Sweets? Spring Hill Sweets. Spring Hill Sweets. There it is. Cheers. Cheers. And enjoy. It's good on the rocks. Put an ice cube in it. You can hear the girls in the background, of course, who we promised to bring on the pod and uh, didn't quite come to fruition, did it now? Scott Harvath. <laughs> They'll be at the spa. We'll be golfing and talking Mitch Rep. All right. Okay. At work, Scott Harvath, I should say. Let me get some of that. Now that I'm like back. There it is. I'm down the hatch. It's good on ice. That's good on the rocks. Yeah, yeah. Your mom is listening to more podcasts. And I'm going to just stop listening because I cursed. <laughs> you guys are pretty vulgar. Yeah. I do think in season two we got to cut that out. I'm going to limit it. I think that's my we goal. Need, we should limit it. I'm not going to cut it out, but I'm going to limit it. We talked about having the girls on forever. Rosie Red Hats yeah, was like, it's good. You guys curse a lot. A fourth? Yeah, we do. All right, my goal, my promise to you and the people. It does say, it has a little E on our podcast, so. No, it does, on select episodes. Oh, you only put it on select episodes? I only put it on the few. So, the explicit on Apple Podcasts, you have to pick if you mark it explicit or not. If we're ripping, I'll put it, but I think it's only been two or three episodes. The ones where I really go off. Most, I let it slide. Well, we should warn the children. We gotta warn the children. Dude, fucking three quarters of a bottle of bourbon gone. I was saving this for you. You see it? The wedding of Alex and Bethany. Look at that guy. Look at who did the first reading. Who is it? Or the crucifer. Carrying the crucifix. James Rapp. James motherfucking Rapp, baby. Isn't that the name of Rapp's dad? I have no idea. No. No. We got Madeline Rap on the first reading. Alicia Rap reading the Psalms. Gotta love the Psalms. Oh, someone. I'm not kidding. Rap. She has a last name Rap. R A P P. In that dance floor right now. No. You gotta go talk to Dr. Grazan. Dude, before the night ends, we are meeting the real Rap family. The real Rap family. We have to ask them if they know anybody named Anna or Mitch or. That's it. Steven! Steven! There's no Steven listed here. But that dude carried the crucifix, and he carried it well, let me tell you. And she read the Psalms, Alicia Rapp. R-A-P-P. You see that? We we gotta go find him. Let's go. We're gonna find him. Let me just piss first.